this is letting it all hang out with your girl Haley Kalani. This is a show where we bring together some truly remarkable people that make me want to get out and live life to the fullest and hopefully inspire you to do the same. Today I have a rad conversation with Maverick Willett. Maverick is an ISSA certified personal trainer and fitness nutritionist, former army ranger and former collegiate basketball player with a passion for helping women and mothers lose weight and regain control of their bodies. He's been in the fitness industry for over a decade and has a fitness and nutrition coaching business called Maverick Online Coaching that he actually runs with his wife, Sophie. You may have even seen Maverick as Dagger, the Norse sun god of the sun butter commercials, or as a sponsored and featured athlete for BSN. What a badass dude. Maverick's goal is to go beyond just giving a guide for health and wellness. He teaches women why they should eat certain foods and gives them the tools to succeed long term. This is a fun one, so let's get into it. There we go. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Maverick? I am hanging in there. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for being on. I'm stoked. I uh, I don't know if you know much about me. I did a little bit of sleuthing. I like knowing a little bit about the people that come on just so that I can have mm-hmm. good bearings and it's not like a fresh conversation. Um, but I love the mystery behind not knowing too much and letting you obviously elaborate on your own life. So I'm excited to chat with you. I, I, I listened to some of your stuff. I, the first thing I told Sophie, um, my wife, I said, she sounds really, really cool. I'm excited for this. I like everything she's about. You talked a lot about, like, you talk a lot about gratitude and um, a lot of positivity, and and I, I, I'm all about all that. So that's I'm excited. Oh, yes, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Cool. Let's just get into it. How are you doing? What's up? Um, I guess let's start with maybe today. How's today going? And then we'll <laughs> we'll dive into maybe what got you here in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, today's going going pretty well. I mean, every day is is kind of the same as far as um, our, our general schedule. We have a nine month old son, so Sophie and I um, we kind of have a routine down. You have to with a with a small child like that, and and so um, you know today's been been great. We recorded our very first podcast episode, so that's exciting. Um, and then uh, you know the rest of the day we have some calls and just doing things with clients, and and we're we're grateful. We have uh, we, we love what we do, so every day's every day's fun. I love it. I love it. Starting off with gratitude is always a a good sign. So that's awesome. And so you are a fitness coach. You help women, you and your wife help women, and you just had a son. Like you're doing a lot of stuff. Like you clearly are active online and you're able to put out a lot of content and you talk a lot about balance, like life balance, trying to manage all this stuff. And um, this is your first child. Am I right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So navigating that too, I have no idea what that would be like, but I imagine it's pretty like, whoa, I got a child I got to take care of now. And so reworking your life to fit that. Let's just start with life balance in general. I'd love to hear your take on it and what it means to you and how you start to cultivate more of it. Yeah, it's, that's, that's like the, the mystery for a lot of, of women, especially who are trying to find a way to prioritize their own needs and look and feel the way they want to feel and, and, you know, look the way they want to look and, you know, prior to like get everything they need, but inherently they have that matriarchal role of putting everyone else first, or at least they, they have that, that need that desire to put everyone else first. And so helping them find that balance, helping them, helping women find, you know, that, that answer with 
how can I meal prep? How can I find time to exercise? How can I do all this and juggle being that matriarch of the family? So for us, it came down to a lot of like scheduling. You know, we almost everything we do is scheduled now. I mean, even if like it's almost embarrassing to say, but we have to schedule, we have to carve out an hour a day to talk, just talk, to just talk about our relationship. Um, that's been pivotal because if we don't, we get so busy that our relationship will go to the back burner and we'll have a fight later because we didn't take the time to communicate something that was on our minds and, and you know, wearing on us. So literally scheduling everything. I mean, Denver, we like every day, Denver goes down for a nap 1030 and then and he goes down for another nap at 3.30, and he goes to bed at 7.30. I mean, it's like his meals are in between that. So have, knowing when stuff is going to come really, really helps. Um, and then just prioritizing our own needs. You know, Sophie goes to the gym five times a week, so we schedule an hour for that. I go to the gym three times a week. We schedule an hour for that. I mean, it's like we just had to – and if we don't do that, we get overwhelmed. And I, I think it can be super overwhelming when you have kids and, and have, have the need to – you know, put them first and, and take care of their needs, but then also take care of your own. It's, it's, it's such a balance. Yeah, that's wild. And I'm a huge fan of scheduling and organization. And it's something that um, I've just been more naturally inclined to do, but I was, I've grown up and met people and started my business. And it's not something that a lot of people love to do is <laughs> scheduling, yeah. and organizing and prioritizing certain things and list making. Sometimes it's interesting you're like well it decreases overwhelm and that's how I feel too I'm like it decreases overwhelm we actually have more time but for it seems like for other people it's like whoa that's a really big overwhelming task to have to schedule out everything and live Mm -hmm. by a calendar and what's your approach to people who you know it's not like their norm to want to schedule everything or to feel like they have to we find a lot of success with implementing small habits, baby steps at a time and just bite-sized pieces. And invariably that's, that's how stuff's going to stick anyway. I mean, I think a lot of the, the issue with in our field, the nutrition field, you know, is, is the extreme approaches and cutting everything out at once and a, a drastic overhaul of habits overnight. And a lot of time that leads to the disparity of, of failure and then the frustration with that failure and then trying to find the next extreme thing. And the reality is, it, in our opinion and in our experience, if you do things methodically one small step at a time, it's way more likely to stick than if you do try to do everything at once. So, um, and a lot of people have uh, challenges with trusting themselves with commitments. So committing slowly, completing readily, like making an intention, intention statement at the beginning of the week of, you know, I'm going to go to the gym twice this week. Or, and you can say a time, 9 a.m. Tuesday, 9 a.m. Thursday, whatever it is. Um, they, they've done studies. I think there's a study over in Great Britain um, that they did with people with an exercise and their, and their ability to commit. And then by making an intentional statement out loud at the beginning of the week, they were like 95, 95% more likely to follow through on that commitment. So making small commitments that, that you know you can follow through on, complete those. You start, to feel, you start to build that trust with your word. You know, your word is your bond. Your word with yourself is very important. So when you start to complete those things, then make more and then make more the next week and just slowly build over time. You start to really trust yourself with just making commitments. And I think a lot of people have struggled with just trusting themselves to, to make a, a big commitment. They're making too big of a commitment to begin with. So they're setting themselves up for failure. Yeah. We get so excited. We're like, cool, we're going to change. We're going to get committed. We're going to do all these great habits and we implement all of them at once. Or we, you, you know, we overdo it essentially. We get too excited sometimes and we forget that, oh, right. If I just take a little slice and I implement it into my life in a way that's manageable and sustainable, then it's easier to continually repeat that and then add on to it over time. So that makes total sense. I'm going to swerve a little bit on the topic because 
as you were talking at some point, um, sleep and nutrition came into my brain. And that's something that I've sort of, I don't, I don't want to say struggled with, but have been very curious about because sometimes, you know, I'll eat like a pretty shitty meal and then I'll have some pretty shitty sleep and then I'll wake up and feel not so great. And so how do we make sure that nutrition and sleep go hand in hand to enhance the quality of the rest that we get and the recovery and our resilience overall? Sleep hygiene is a real thing. And a lot of people have habits centered around their sleep that are producing, you know, not restful sleep or insomnia or, um, you know, some bad patterns with sleeping. So uh, and it, with our with our clients, sleep is such a huge deal, and we have a whole list of things for sleep hygiene. So, for example, no screens after a certain time. Assuming they're having trouble with sleeping, so just try some of these things: Epsom salt bath before bed. Magnesium absorbs in the skin transdermally. You can you can have a much restful. It, it contributes to having a more restful sleep. Um, things like you know making sure the room is dark. You know, cutting down noise. Um, just simple things that a lot of people don't think about. A lot of people fall asleep with the TV going. So that's you know for people who do that. Um, circadian rhythm, going to bed at the same time of night, getting up the same time of day. Um, you know, just a lot of little things that, that are affecting people's sleep. They don't even realize it. I, these glasses are blue light blocking glasses. I invested in those because I look at screens all day and that, that really helped my sleep. Um, you know, just, just stuff like that. And, and we find that when a lot of people start implementing those simple things, their, their sleep starts to improve over time. Um, and then your nutrition around sleep, we, you know, and everyone's different, but with our clients, we, we focus a lot on, you know, eating a good meal of carbohydrates before bed. So your body's getting that glucose all night. Um, there's a, there's a myth, you know, circulating that says if you eat before bed, you'll, you'll get, you'll get fat quote unquote. Um, and it couldn't be more untrue. You know, it's, it's your, it's, it all has to do with your total calories at the end of the day, how many you've eaten if you're in a caloric surplus or caloric deficit. So you could literally, you know, eat a huge meal before bed. And as long as you're in a caloric deficit, you're not going to, you're going to gain weight. So we dispel that rumor and just encourage people to actually eat. You'll actually sleep better if you have something in your stomach when you go to bed. It's just little things like that. Yeah, interesting. I've I've heard both and and you know the whole thing with like eating before bed, is it really a big deal is it not? And I'm so glad that you talked about this and it leads me into now a whole plethora of fitness myths. <laughs> and you don't have to go into all of them, but I'm curious what's another like let's let's say top 3 that you hear most commonly that um so one of them might be eating before bed. What are some two other ones that are so common but it's just not simply true. And it's maybe making fitness or nutrition harder for us because we're thinking of these myths. Well, you, you said something that makes it hard and that's, you've heard both, right? You've heard both ways. Right. And so there's so many, I mean, there's so many subjects you could say that for, and there's, and even you'll find experts in the field debating each other. You'll find, you know, clinical nutritionists like debating in the, in the field. And I've learned that more over the years. It's like, the nutrition realm is almost almost like politics or religion. When you pick a side, you, you're that's it. You, you can't come back to the other side. So, um, you know, I'm really careful of how I say things because it's it's somewhat you know people can get offended. But the, the one thing that we we definitely draw a hard line at is just the demonization of of certain food groups. Um, there's so much that goes into how someone's body reacts to a food, and so you know I, I don't like these umbrella one size fits all type of of recommendations. You know, like. Uh, for example, cutting out meat, right? Let's just talk about meat. That's a, that's a big one, right? Um, now, again, I respect everyone's, uh, like, if you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, you're doing that for personal reasons, you're, you know, absolutely do it. If you're against animal cruelty, if you're supporting, you know, um, depollution of the earth, absolutely love that. But when it comes to what is more effective for weight loss or fat loss or just general health, um, it's, it's very, very debatable. And then you have to get into, you know, 
lot of people cut out things like animal products because they think the animal, the animal product itself is harming them. When in fact, take meat, for example, grass fed versus grain fed meat. Um, you know, grains are inflammatory to a lot of people. And if the animal eats those grains, we eat the grains as a byproduct of eating that animal, right? Where you're not just what you eat, you are what you eat has eaten. So um, a lot of people don't realize in the industrial cattle industry, those cattle are fed in abundance of grains and the, the farmers give those, those cattle a product called sodium bicarbonate, which is the active ingredient in Tums to quell their inflammation. Then we eat that meat. Um, and so a lot of times it's not an intolerance to meat, it's intolerance to grains. And, and we find that people switching to grass fed products um, with, with both meat and dairy can make a huge difference. And it's something that's not readily available information. You know, it's, it's really hard to find some of this information on the internet and that's how people get misled. So demonizing food, demonizing sugar, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's so much more complex than that. So helping people find an understanding with that is something we're all about. Um, so other than that, I mean, you know, we don't like when people cut food groups or cut out complete macronutrients um, in, the, in the pursuit of, of weight loss. So like cutting out carbohydrates completely. Now we're all about sustainability, right? And we have found that with, with mothers, especially with busy women, busy professionals, to expect them to be able to adhere to a zero carb or very low carb diet. It's just not long term. It's just not sustainable for the majority of people. There are always outliers who can do it and enjoy it and love it. And that's great. But for the majority of people, it's just not something you can thrive on and feel your best. So, um, you know, just trying to tell people they have to do one or the other when there's, there's a lot of other options and there's a lot more that goes into it. You know, it's, it's, that's why one-on-one and personalized stuff is so important in this industry. Yeah, for sure. One-on-one stuff is so important just because as you touched on earlier, everybody's body is so different, how it reacts to food, how it reacts to exercise, movement, all of that. And so it's, it's, really important to take an individualized approach, but there are always, you know, so rules of thumb, eat whole foods, get it sourced from some, uh, somewhere good. And what you said, you are what you eat, eat, right? Like yeah. you are what that consumes. Absolutely. And I really love that because it puts it into perspective, even fruits and vegetables, where were those coming from? You know, are they sourced well? Are they sustainable or are they um, filled with pesticides and stuff like that? So that's a really good approach. And um, one thing that you, Oh gosh, don't run away from me. It was such a good thought. Um, <laughs> it'll come back to me later. It doesn't matter. I think that when we think about fitness and sustainability and incorporating it into our life and cooking and wellness and all of this stuff, it, it, it goes back to what you were touching on earlier. Of, okay, it involves a lot. Like there's a wide array of things that, you know, for lack of a better word, things that we have to do or not do to say, stay healthy at a sustainable level. I was listening to a podcast um, with Ben Greenfield. I'm, are you familiar? Love Ben. Okay. Okay. So this whole idea of biohacking and being able to do it on a, like a chill level, just one hour a week. I'm just curious what your perspective is on that and how we can maintain a very functionally fit body without overdoing it at the gym or, you know, maybe it's an 80, 20 rule with food where it's whole foods and then you get to indulge a little bit. So take me through what your thoughts are on that. Hold up. Before we dive into the rest of the episode, I'm taking a quick moment to talk about today's sponsor, Naked Warrior Recovery. Naked Warrior Recovery is a Navy SEAL owned and operated CBD and recovery supplement company. William Ronham, the owner and CEO of Naked Warrior, started this company with a very clear initiative. Support the mental and physical recovery of veterans, first responders, athletes, and everyday humans that want to live more life with less 
resistance. A big reason why I love and respect Naked Warrior Recovery is that they know that the only way to perform at our highest potential is to allow our bodies and minds the opportunity to recover, which y'all know by now I am all about. So check out Naked Warrior Recovery at nw-recovery.com. That's nw-recovery.com. And get yourself a 20% discount on some high quality CBD products, super greens, and more by using the discount code Kalani20. That's K-A-L-A-N-I-20. K-A-L-A-N-I-20. Back to the show. I think it all starts in the mind. I think that you have to have a good uh, mindset ritual before like any of that can take place and any of it can hold long-term. I mean, um, the mindset, like meditation, mindfulness is something I started implementing uh, a little over a year ago. Completely changed my life and how I go about my days. I start my day every day with meditating. And, and by doing that, it really does help me be mindful of, you know, the, the thoughts I'm having, the patterns I have, and and the behaviors that I have that could lead to um, self-sabotage and, and anything. So like before even like embarking on, on any type of journey like that, I think it's pivotal that people know that it, it starts in your mind and the, and the patterns you've developed over, over the course of your life. So aside from that, I love, I love the 80, 20 philosophy. Um, it's something that I, I, I preach. Um, I think that you have to indulge in your favorite foods, um, from time to time and finding a way to do that in a way that, you know, gives you balance and everyone's balance is different. So Sophie and I, for example, we used to eat like monks throughout the week, like just totally quote unquote clean and nothing, nothing even remotely unhealthy until the weekend. And we were finding that on the weekend, when the weekend came, we were looking forward to that so much and our cravings had gotten gone up so much that we just binge, we would go all out and, and one meal would turn into a meal, dessert and a midnight meal. And it just wasn't, we'd feel bad about it. We feel guilt, shame, regret. And that wasn't healthy mentally or physically. So we started to twice a week started to indulge in our favorite meal, whatever that is like on a Wednesday and on a Saturday. Now we're getting something every two or three days. And, um, and aside from that, like the, the diet you're following, I hate the word diet, but the, whatever nutrition protocol you're following, um, it, it shouldn't be so restrictive that you have cravings in the first place. So, you know, addressing that, making sure you are indulging your favorite foods. There is no bad food. It's just at the end of the day, it's just finding that balance with, you know, where you want to be and how long it's going to take to get there. And, what kind of balance you need to be able to keep trending upward in that journey. That's like the, mm -hmm. the main thing for everyone. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's different for every person, but I think at the core of it, again, it starts in the mind. You have to have some, those, those, you have to be able to recognize what your unhealthy patterns are and how those thoughts and feelings lead to binging or purging or stress eating or, you know, eating or, or stress, stress starving. You know, in my case, I don't eat when I'm stressed. So um, just recognizing that being mindful, you can't change what you don't know. So mindfulness helps you be you know aware of all those things and eventually be able to change them so i think those are pivotal things when it's when it comes to hacking and, and, and living that higher caliber you want to live at totally yeah yeah i think it's very pivotal to where it starts with your mindset first because everything that we think and feel it controls the way that we act and the decisions that we make of course mm -hmm. and going back to sort of the 80 20 rule and and nutrition and how we should be eating i think where we get lost and overwhelmed. Um, also, as a side note, so I was a personal trainer for a period of time. I got really into nutrition and fitness and absolutely loved it. And I remember going through that period of time being like, whoa, there's this whole world that I didn't know about with just simple nutrition. And so bring it back to what I was talking about, uh, going to talk about, which is like 
anybody who's not a actual nutritionist or personal trainer, you know, there, there's so much that we can learn. And like you said, there's so much knowledge out there. It gets a bit overwhelming. We touched on macros. And I think when people hear the word macros and they hear fat, carbs, protein, there is some sort of either stigma or stereotype or thought that comes up with each of those words. How do you break down real quick, carbs, fat, protein, and maybe the, let's say, how do I want to put this? Truth versus misconceptions with each one? Yeah. I could spend a day on this topic, you know, I, bet. Um, <laughs> I, th I think the simplest thing, you know, first of all, I think when people hear the word fat, they think body fat. And obviously like the macronutrient fat that we eat through food is very different from body fat that we store in our body. Just there were different words to describe those two things because they're, they're completely different things. One's food and one's something on our body. I wish we called it different things, but that, I think that confuses a lot of people. So they inherently cut fats or they inherently go with the no fat or zero fat option thinking that that's healthier. Um, and, and, and depending on your needs, it might be, but, um, you know, that's just uh, fat is just something we, we consume and it has a very pivotal, healthy role in the body, especially for women, especially hormonally, um, cognitive. I mean, so much, so much stuff, nutrient absorption from fat. So um, that's one thing. And then fats and carbs are routinely demonized in, in society and in mainstream nutrition, you know, in the, in the media, um, everywhere you look in the in this grocery store, you'll see a Dr. Oz, you know, cut carbs completely and lose 40 pounds in a week. It's, it's like the craziest advertising I've ever seen. So mm -hmm. women see that over and over and over again. They, th they start to subconsciously demonize carbohydrates. They start to subconsciously limit their carbohydrates at every meal. And the thing is, when it comes down to weight loss, again, it comes down to your, your total calories and how much you're burning versus how much you're consuming and, you know, the, the energy balance that goes into that. So, um, that is that I think that is the thing that's lost on so many people now because of advertising and how they take advantage of women and, and com the comparison game they play and, and magazine covers and models promoting products and this and that is it's it's not so much about that macro ratio. It's about how much are you consuming total and what is the quality of your food and how much are you moving overall? Again, sedentary lifestyle is, is contributes to a lot more than people think. Um, so it's, it's, there's a, so much that goes into it. Protein, obviously is something that everyone needs in my opinion. I mean, I think it's been proven time and time and time again throughout history. Like you, you need protein to be able to accomplish any kind of body composition goal. Um, so I, I think just developing understanding with, you know, not stressing so much about your carb and fat ratio and more about just having a caloric awareness. How much are you consuming? Can you look at a plate of food and know, what an appropriate portion size is and what, what macronutrients you're going to get from each food on your plate. Um, I think having that skill set is pivotal for anybody. And, and once you can do that and know by eyeballing how much you're getting from each thing and, and what foods are going to help you with your goals and what foods you can minimize and, and et cetera, then you don't need to really, you don't have to be a nutritionist because then you can actually see a, a plate of food. Like I keep saying a plate of food, like everyone needs to like a, Every, every meal you would play a food, but you can look at, at a food item and know this is what it has in it. This is how it's going to contribute to my goals. And you know, my next meal can be this, right? If I had this high, higher carb meal in the, in the morning, now I can eat a lower carb meal in the evening and, and overall it's going to even out. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. th that's a tool that is so helpful for people to have. And I think that's, what's really lacking with most people is they have no idea what they're looking at. And since seeing things are demonized, they just get fearful and cut things completely out arbitrarily without even, without even really knowing for sure if it's, it's going to help them or not. Right. Yeah. That's a very good skill that is beneficial to cultivate and to, to be aware of at least. And I want to open up a, maybe a can of worms real quick about uh, supplements. 
because I think some supplements are great. You know, if we're not naturally getting it in our diet, let's say uh, vegan vegetarian. So I was pescatarian, vegan vegetarian over a period of years, you know, on and off mm-hmm. figuring myself out. And at that point in time, I don't think I did it in a way that was for lack of a better word, structured to where I could manually, not manually, actually see a difference um, between, okay, now I'm, I'm eating this certain type of food and I feel this way and then I switch and I'm blah, 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 blah. When it comes to supplements and getting the right things that we need to make sure that whatever diet or nutrition style that we are consuming how do we know what kind of supplements we should be taking? I'm sure this involves a lot of like, hey, go see your doctor. I'm not asking you for like medical advice or anything, but let's talk about supplements. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, um, what are you deficient in? I think that ultimately determines what anyone should take. And that can only be seen through blood work from a, ideally a hormonal specialist. A lot of general practitioners are not educated in that realm. Um, I think hormone day and, and, um, medical school is like maybe three hours long and that's, that's to get like a crash course. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But that's, it's um, a, a specialist is definitely who you want to go to for that. So they can give you like the right, the right panel for what you're looking for. You know, your, your uh, micronutrients, your minerals, your, your vitamins and look at that and be able to say, okay, you're deficient on vitamin D. You need to supplement vitamin D instead of hearing from your friend. Oh, I take 10,000. I use a vitamin D. You should too. Well, you don't know, you know, there are things that are recommended and things that a lot of people are deficient in, but until you get that blood work done, it's, it's hard to know. Um, but just your general day-to-day supplements. I mean, most people benefit from some kind of protein supplementation. Um, cause it's, it's, it's very hard for the average person to get every bit of protein and even from food. I mean, ideally you do, but it's, it's, it's for the most, for the working person, for the day to day, it's, it's really hard to get the amount of protein you need. So supplementing some protein can be helpful. Um, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with food, you know, where it's sourced from the quality, you got to look at that, uh, you know, with, with whey, I prefer grass fed as well, just like I would dairy or or anything else because it's a dairy product. Um, and then there's, you know, when it comes to vitamins, uh, like fish oil is one that is, is, uh, is highly, you know, debated. Um, there's fish oil that is, is very, very low quality. So looking at the quality there, I, I think, um, you know, getting your omegas from, from food is obviously, uh, is obviously beneficial, but like you said, if you're if you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, then you have to look at you know the the foods that you've cut out primarily are high in what nutrient, and maybe you need to supplement that otherwise. You know, so like if you're if you're a vegetarian and you've you've cut meat, for example, and you're not you know you have, maybe you need to supplement iron because you're not eating meat or, or B vitamins or what have you, CLA for for instance. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's very individual, and I, I think it's it's really hard to to recommend one for everyone. But if I had to pick one, I think that generally, you know, good multivitamin is probably, probably pretty safe. And, and if you supplement protein, that's probably not going to hurt you, you know, depending on, um, you know, hopefully you're not a dairy and dairy intolerant. You might want to search for like a vegan protein or a a collagen product, um, which I'm a big fan of. I love collagen protein. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I think it's, it's very individual. Um, Mm -hmm. but that being said, I'm not big on supplements. I'm, I don't recommend a lot of supplements. I like to try to get everything we can from whole food sources. Um, but there are a select few, like a handful, especially for women that I'll, in my program that I'll, I'll recommend for hormonal support and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I think so often we're like, ah, oh, we got to get everything. And, and we think we're deficient because you touched on it earlier. You're like, oh, my friend said that they take 10,000, like the use of, of vitamin D or fish oil or whatever it is. And we're like, okay, maybe I could try that too. And 
you wind up taking it and maybe you just, I, I believe if you overindulge on certain supplements, it just gets expelled, right? Like it doesn't even get used in the body. Is that right? We're going to get right back to the episode. But before we do, this episode is sponsored by 8 to 8 Collective. 8 to 8 Collective is a creative agency that's been founded by artists for artists. We aim to amplify the voice of creators by providing resources that make it easier for them to do what they do best, create. We partner with companies and organizations such as Dope Productions, Purple Publishing, CMHX, Solidude, and more, baby. As our goal is to connect like-minded, heart-centered creatives, not only with one another, but with the masses, both online and off, in hopes to help creatives just like yourself, maybe, make their passion a career too. So to see what's up or join the collective, head to 828collective.com. That's 828, like the number, collective.com. Back to the show. Yeah, certain, certain ones, especially like vitamin C, you excrete every two or three hours. Um, it's, it's hard to quote unquote, like overdose on any of those, but, um, some of them do have detrimental effects. I mean, if you take too much vitamin D for instance, maybe it have to be a lot, but if you take too much, you have calcification in your body and that's, that's never a good, that's never good news. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's very individual. Um, it's, it's good to just it, blood work will not only give you a baseline for where you're at, mm-hmm. but, but give you guidance on, you know, what you're missing and, and what could genetically be, be missing in your diet. Like for instance, my dad, my father has a, a uh, growth hormone deficiency isn't just natural growth hormone is, is very low. And so do I. So I have to, for my anti-aging clinic, they, they give me a natural, it, it helps my natural growth hormone levels be at normal levels. So it's just even playing field. And, and I would have never known that had I not gone, got blood work. And, and I thought like through my youth, I was like, man, I have to work a lot harder to put on muscle and, and, and weight than, than my, my counterparts. And then that made sense when I heard that in my mid twenties, like, Oh, I don't produce, a normal level of growth hormone in my body. So now I supplement that and not actual growth hormone, but a product it's called a ibutamorin that helps your natural growth hormone production. So that, that really helped me. And I would have never known that had I not got blood work. Yeah. Yeah. Go discover more about yourself. Go get blood work before you try anything. Go consult yeah. your doctor, all of that good stuff. One thing I'm so interested in and, and the reason why I think I got started into nutrition and fitness in the first place was mental clarity, just I want to be sharp until the day that I pass. And part of that is long-term preventative care as well as just taking care of your mental health and well-being and and physical activity for long, long periods of time. Um, And others is just having fun and having a good mindset and positive outlook on life. How do, you know, what's your opinion on being able to stay sharp until the day that you go and mental clarity and making sure that we're doing the right things to decrease brain fog and like feel optimal each day can be can also be drawn back to nutrition um yeah you know especially like the brain fog stuff uh you know that you're you are what you habitually consume over time I mean, there's no doubt about it every every single chronic illness or ailment can be linked back to a sedentary lifestyle and a poor diet a habitually poor diet um so that that's that's at the core of it you know um decreasing inflammation, eating, a, eating, a, eating a, a diet that's, you know, going to be conducive to what, you know, to prolong your life and, and being the health, as healthy as you can. Beyond that, I think that, you know, hormones, and that goes back to blood work, you know, after the age of 30, your hormones naturally decline and just, just from nature. And you don't have to let that happen. You know, again, working with a specialist to see, you know, if, if, and when you need to, if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't make it, take it. It's, it's kind of the, the philosophy of the clinic I work with. And it's very true. I mean, it, you know, a lot of the 
cognitive decline is due to hormonal decline and um, doesn't have to happen. So just staying educated on that and working with a specialist to make sure that your, your levels are, are where they need to be. And then lastly, um, you know, minimizing stress, minimizing stress, stress is just contributes to so, so many negative things in the body and the mind. So finding ways to manage stress, I mean, stress is inevitably going to happen. Like life has, we're all going to deal with it, but the way you manage it can be controlled. And, um, you know, again, I, I always go back to meditation, mindfulness, um, you know, putting, putting, you know, a lot of times stress is just, I'm worried about something that hasn't happened yet. Overwhelm is if I don't get this done, this will happen. And it's just thoughts we create in our mind. So learning that those thoughts are just thoughts and seeing them as just that from an unbiased perspective and being able to control, kind of have a dream catcher of sorts to filter what we, what we let affect us. And then, like I said earlier, when you, you are what you habitually consume, and that not, not only goes for food, that goes for what you're viewing every day. If you're a doom scroller on social media, that can take its toll. If you start your day, this is one of the things I tell my clients as soon as they start in the program. If you start your day by looking at your phone, first thing, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're opening yourself up to so, so much negativity that's going on in the world right now. Um, and, and that's a terrible way to start your day. So, uh, you know, how you start your day is, is very, very important. Set yourself up for success to win the day and be positive by doing something for you, some self-care, meditation, deep breathing. I do a cold shower, which is kind of insane. I don't, I don't really, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's, a, that's like an individual thing, but um, that's just the thing I do, but uh, that I find benefit from, but you know, those habitually doing those things over time has compound interest. You know, it, it, over time you see the benefits more and more and more and more. So um, that, those are all ways I think you can set yourself self up to, to not have that, have that cognitive decline and stay sharp. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Those are all really great things. One thing that keeps popping into my mind is, you know, people are like, Ugh, fitness. Cause they think maybe, you know, there's different styles of fitness. There's different ways of moving your body. Riding a bike outside is just as good as boxing indoors or doing some CrossFit. Like they're all movement of the body is the part that matters. Uh, but I think that sometimes when we hear the word fitness and we, we need to be fit and health, a lot of maybe just uh, stereotypes fill with our head. How do we help people see that fitness doesn't have to be something that sucks? Like fitness can be something that's enjoyable and it's a, more about fitting the lifestyle for that person and figuring out what they enjoy and incorporating a little bit of fun and, and play into the exercises that they do. Gosh, that's such a great, great question. Um, you're right. Because when you say fitness, you could have 50 different people and have 50 different things that pop into their head. When you say fitness, one person mm -hmm. thinks Arnold Schwarzenegger, another person thinks Jillian Michaels, another person thinks this person, this person, and everyone's definition of that is different, which is a great thing. I think that, um, you kind of, you kind of hit on it there. Like, what is it you enjoy in life? What is it you want to do? Can you do it day after day? Are you physically able to do it? Um, you know, and, and what are your habits outside of exercise? Because honestly, that has a lot more to do with how healthy you are than that hour you spend in the gym. And I try to stress that a lot. It's it, from calories every day. You burn 70% at rest. So your metabolic rate, your, your lean body mass, just functioning 70%, 15% from non-exercise activity, 10% from digesting food and 5% from exercise. So people make the mistake of putting the most effort into the thing that matters the least. And you know, if you, if you're someone who goes to the gym or, or works out at home, whatever your situation is for 30 minutes to an hour a day, and you're sedentary the rest of the day, well, you're not going to reflect someone who works out an hour a day. You're going to reflect someone who's sedentary most of the time. 
And so that's why a lot of people don't realize like why they're not seeing progress or changing or feeling healthy yet because they're, they're, they're sedentary the majority of the time. You're an accumulation of what you habitually do and your body responds to the stimulus you provide it. So move. I mean, movement is, is like you said, is find a way to move and what do you enjoy? And, and I agree wholeheartedly. Find a mode of exercise you enjoy. Could be ultimate Frisbee, could be kayaking, could be playing with your dog, could be playing with your kids, could be, you know, any of these things. If you love running, if you love the elliptical, if you, whatever, battle ropes go for it. If you get your heart rate up and it gets you circulating blood, that's what you should be doing. And you should find a way to do it more and then find some more things you enjoy. And, and I think that's the stigma. People think that fitness means jacked or shredded or in the gym or lifting free weights. You know, it's, it's, those things are great. And some people enjoy those things, but being at fitness to me is just being able to do what you love without pain and, and whenever you want to do it and, and just feeling good. I love that. Yeah, I'm 100% the same way. It's just like do what you love. Make sure that your body's feeling good most of the time, and and that includes your mental well-being too. And I, I that's a crazy breakdown that you gave of out of 100% of your day, 70% of um, help me out. What was the word that you used? You're like you're uh, you're at rest, like it just just your metabolic rate. Like if you're your lean body mass is just at rest, you burn 70% of your calories. So mm-hmm. that's, and, that's and those those was exercise. And and your, your those categories can be higher or lower depending on your lifestyle and what you're eating and, and what you're doing. Yeah, that breakdown is so crazy to me and it really puts it into perspective. And it makes sense now. Oh, right. The things that we repeat most often over time, even if we incorporate an hour of really intense exercise, you know, it's it's accumulative over time is the small stuff that we do, sort of like habits. So what a beautiful way to wrap everything up. I think that as a parting question for you before we get into how people can connect is for one person listening. What is one either piece of advice or just a thing that you would want them to know? Uh, progress over perfection. You know, look at the next step, not the latter. Uh, I think that's for so many people that get overwhelmed over the, the plethora of information out there. Totally understandable because there's just so much information out there and so many people trying to sell you stuff. I think that if you could just focus on one thing at a time, one small habit, like I said, kind of in the beginning, make a, a statement of intent at the beginning of the week of something, something, some new habit you're going to implement this week at least once or twice and follow through on that. Start to trust yourself. And then after that, make a new one and a new one. And it builds and it builds. And before you know it, after a few months, you're in a totally different place than you were just because you made some small commitments. So whether that's going out for a walk, if it's just going to a yoga class, if it's starting your day by meditating, if it's going to the gym a couple of times, whatever that is for you, do it, commit to it, follow through on it and build that trust for yourself. So you trust yourself to take on more. And I think that's how mm-hmm. progress is truly made. Mm-hmm. Amazing progress over perfection and allowing grace when we screw up too, because there's yes. always going to be screw ups and we're going to feel crappy about ourselves, but allowing that grace in that space to be like, it's chill, just move forward with, with the habits that you know you're supposed to be doing and, and, keep doing them over time. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Uh, where can people find you, connect with you, chat with you, ask you questions, Maverick? Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we're on, we're on Instagram, uh, Maverick Online Coaching. Uh, Sophie and I are, are on there every day. We're very active on Instagram, on Facebook as well at uh, Maverick Willet Fitness. Um, and that's it. that's it. We don't have a fancy website yet. That's pretty much it. Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, we will be dropping our Map Method podcast soon and we'll be doing that. But, um, but yeah, for now, that's how you can see what we do and, and, and contact us. Amazing. 
absolutely go check out Maverick. He's a pure joy to chat with, and he's clearly a nutrition and fitness genius. So thank you again, Maverick. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll, we'll chat again at some point in the near future. Thank you so much for having me, Haley. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. I definitely know that I did. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can message me on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.